Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Weekly Games Chat. I am your ghost. That's guest host. I've gone with that. That's the official acronym thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning into it. Chris, as always, joined by my co-host, John, or the co-host. I am the co-host with literally no control over anything such as sound, range, I should anything mute, at all. I should mute Nothing. you right now. I should you mute should you mute. right now. <laughs> you should just mute me right now and get it over with. Why don't you talk about the topic, John? Huh? You want to <laughs> share your thoughts on the game? <laughs> so. Yeah. How's my Chrissy Poo doing? Another week, another day. You know, it's not been fun where we live, I think. <laughs> so that's been the reality of like, Oh, you know, those things we were doing in March and April. Now I really need to actually do them because like the risk is here finally. Right. So that's been what fun, things? you know, like what staying things? in and not going out or seeing anyone or doing anything because yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I think people are just, um, I don't know, not as freaked out about it anymore, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah. Um, survivor su- survival rates are are every bit as low as they used to be. We know how to treat it now. Yeah, you know, there's there's things that we're doing that's like, hey, um, there's really no need for a ventilator in this case. In fact, you'll kill him if you use it. <laughs> maybe yeah. just. Uh, I think the was it. They're saying the worst of it now is Miami, right? I was watching the dude this morning on that, and he's basically saying yeah, like. He was like, yeah, early on, it was a bunch of young people, right? But like Miami, I guess, you know, because it's a lot of um, like Puerto Rican and Cuban families and such like that, usually a lot of them live together. So they're saying what's killing them now in terms of oversaturation is all those young people have now given it to the older people. And the older people, of course, have all the problems. The close-knit families, that kind of thing? Yeah, so it's like, man, sometimes it's nice to, you know, live alone so that I can control who I come in contact with. You know, I get to make those choices, but, uh, man, I feel bad for, for everyone else. I think even my boss said he, he may have gotten it this past week. He thought it was possible. So really? Yeah. He tested. uh, I don't know if he did or not. Like for him, it sounded like it wasn't something that hit him incredibly hard, but he had, like he said, like about 12 hour period where, you know, dry cough and trouble breathing and, you know, sweating profusely and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's not been fun. Uh, Sean was supposed to have surgery today and then apparently he retested positive for COVID. So there's your Sean update. Yeah, there's um. the that's that's where I run into the what the heck is this? Yeah. <laughs> that's well, where that's where it's hard to really get a grasp on mm-hmm. on this type of stuff making sense because, you know, in between his first diagnosis and today, yeah. his family has been tested and and they've they've all tested negative. Yeah. I think this what, thing can, what was this it? thing can be very bizarre. Yeah, I think what was it like Bobby was saying it was possible that it's a false positive because of antibodies showing up in his, his thing, which if sure. that's good, that's a great thing yeah. for him long-term. Yep. Um, you, you're glad to hear that, but yeah, so, you know, but it's just one of those things that, the good thing I will say is our, our local area is putting out numbers daily. So I feel like more than any point in this, I've got a better, you know, finger on the pulse for the first time for what's actually going on here, as opposed to like, 
before the only way you were going to get that is if you took your time to like you know actually go back and look every day what did we have you know yesterday which is a pain to do and not fun um yeah. so think about getting myself tested again. once a week just for fun <laughs> <laughs> you know you can go send that two hour line if you want to did you did you where'd you go to get it before it was one of those acute care places that had the lines okay the drive through lines. So you didn't go uh, down to the health department and all that? No. Okay, yeah, because that's where I've seen that line. That's that's well, not a fun me, one. <laughs> it took me a few hours to figure out where I was going to go because I was calling places, and there's there was, at the time, and this was a few weeks ago, there's there's places that were, you know, lined up out the parking lot yeah. with, with and, and running out of tests. Mm-hmm. They only had, like, you know, upwards of 25 tests per day that even that they were mm. given if they were given any okay. um, there was one place i went that i called ahead and they said yeah come on in and we'll get you tested so i parked mm-hmm. and i called them just to make sure that i just didn't i wasn't sure if i could just if i was just gonna walk in you know what i mean maybe somebody come out and meet me and they said oh we're all out of tests but we are testing for antibodies so ah. i just I was, like, I was like well okay so i went and I went and got in that big old car line that lasted about three and a half hours altogether. Just um, to get antibody tested. Yeah. And I had, um, I had to pee 30 minutes in. So it was fun. Oh, I bet. Okay. It was real fun. Okay. You, you, know, you can't go, Hey, can you hold my place? Can you sit behind my Where steering wheel? Where is the lemon flavored Gatorade bottle that's empty? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Getting tested for covid and I got arrested. What'd mm. you do? I peed in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to do it. Um, yeah. Besides that, though, besides the the existential dread that is 2020, did you uh, did you do anything this week, John? I did. Oh. I went. I went to see my mother mm. over the weekend. Uh, Dad's been out of town. Um, I think he gets back from California on thursday he was visiting his brother Mm. but while he was out there he asked me to check in on her and specifically um because he's getting up there in age he asked me to go Mm. down there and get up on the roof and blow all the leaves off off the roof so that's one thing i did but you know we were sitting around me and mom were sitting around on saturday kind of just thinking you know are we going to just sit around all day are we going to go do something so we decided to drive over to andersonville yeah Uh, to go to the civil war prison. Um, That's a fun one. <laughs> yeah. It, I've, I've been there so many times Yeah, and it never gets old. I, re, I just, I, I enjoy it so much. Um, you know, they're at the, if anybody, if the listeners don't know, Andersonville is, is one of the, was one of the most brutal uh, prisons during operated during the civil war. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were, there were bad, almost equally bad ones up North as well. But at one point there were a max capacity of 33,000 union soldiers within a 16 yard area. Yeah. You know, and these people, these people were suffering from dysentery, diarrhea, scurvy, um, they had no like nutritional. Nothing. Yeah. I was about to say they had like no food, right? And none of I that. mean, they were given rations of grains, mm-hmm. but, but the grain would no go bad. Pro- I got a bit. Well, no proteins, no vitamin C, nothing like that. Plus you had this one stream going in, going through the middle of the prison mm-hmm. that served as their 
place to wash themselves and to expel themselves, if you will. Gotcha. So there was, it, was, it was just one of the most miserable places that you could think of. Um, and because the South was losing the war, there no were money. no, there were no supply lines. There was yeah. nothing going to these soldiers. They were just there. They were just there to die. Yeah. Um, and you can, and you could just really experience it. But, uh, you know, the, the visitor center for obvious reasons was closed down, but you know, you could go to the prison site, you could go to, um, the cemetery where there are thousands upon thousands of graves, much like you would see, much, much like you would see in Arlington, but there, but the gravestones are like within half an inch apart from each other. Um, that's how it is at, um, at Gettysburg. Yeah. I don't know if you've been there. It's, it's, I have not, I've never been there. It's one of my deepest regrets. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting to see. And it's like, it is an interesting thing because like the whole entire town, you know, for the most part is converted into, you know, this memorial, right? Like of, because so many big moments of that battle happened there and it's probably, I mean, I, I would venture it's probably the most famous battleground in America. I, I can't think of one. I mean, I mean, it's not the bloodiest, right? You know, of course, but. I honestly do not know of another one that I think gets brought up more mainly, I believe because of the address and, and all that good stuff, but it, well, it turned quite chilling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like to sit there and be like, yeah, here is where general Pickett decided to lead his charge and basically end the civil war with it. Uh, things like that, you know, and all that, but it's, it's quite cool to go see those things. Um, yeah, and I guess that's, that was the one good thing growing up where I grew up uh, up in Maryland is that there's just so much, a, a lot of fighting took place in that part of the land, whether you're going back to the Revolution, the War of 1812, or uh, or the Civil War, right? So you get a lot of uh, wonderful um, history captured there that you can see in, in full context of, of what was going on, which is fun for me. I think would be fun for you too. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I thought of you this weekend. I oh. went, we mean on our way back, me and mom walked into a uh, burger place. Hmm. Um, and there was a, um, sign. It was, it was the, the, the restaurant was called, um, something like good, bad movies, burgers or something <laughs> like that. And, but, uh, there was a, there was a sign on the personnel area you know, employees only area. And it was a sign with a silhouetted Gandalf saying, you shall not pass. You mean, <laughs> you, mean you shall not pass. That's what it said. Exactly. Oh, okay. That's the one you got it. <laughs> I almost put that on this weekend, but yeah, it's on all of them then, are on HBO max. So uh, it's right there. And then finally, I I watched uh, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, and it's um, Khan. That wasn't yeah. good, Khan. <laughs> Such a great movie, it really is. <laughs> it is. It is is by far the still I would say the definitive uh, movie for Star Wars, though Star Wars <laughs> Star Trek. Um, but I don't know. I, I actually, you know what? I watched the opening of uh jj abrams star trek this weekend because i just forgot i was like you know what i'm gonna put that on for a minute while i get ready here because i was like if i recall 
this is a really good freaking opening <laughs> to something, you know, uh, if you're kicking off a series and it, it is like that, that opening scene and just the fact they cast, uh, old Thor himself before yeah. anyone knew who he was as his dad. I mean, it's so good. And then, and then, and then you get some Bruce Greenwood, not afterward, not long after that. And that's just Bruce Greenwood. That's just, that's my catnip. <laughs> Bruce Greenwood. Um, only thing I really watched big time, uh, I started rewatching Broadchurch because hmm. the lady friend has not seen that. So mm-hmm. she's really into it. I think she's about to wrap up the first season, uh, which is good because I never really got around to season two and three. So I told her, I said, like, you can watch all of this, but do not move forward. You know, so yeah. that's going to maybe be the plan going forward. But then uh, the big thing I watched, that's I watched two things that were new. I watched um, The Old Guard with uh Charlize Theron which is on oh, Netflix. Netflix yeah oh. which uh a little predictable but also you know Charlize Theron is a really good actress so like her moment she tends to elevate it but um I've been looking for the comic now because I'm like this seems like it would be really cool in its comic book form and like I found a couple of stills of it and the way it's drawn reminds me a little bit of Walking Dead um, where I'm like, oh, this is, this is tight. You'd probably be down with it, John, because it's got, they're basically like these immortals, right? And like, she goes back way back in history. Um, but you know, like there's apparently like, if you go really deep into this, there's, there's a lot of cool historical moments within it. Um, just like kind of showing you where they've been in history, but now they're in the present day and they're dealing with present stuff. And the weird part of the movie is that the villain <laughs> is played by freaking Dudley or, uh, Dudley, uh, Dursley from freaking Harry Potter all grown <laughs> up. And he's like so skinny now. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, it's little Dudley. <laughs> it was, it was quite <laughs> weird, but it was, it was cool. Like I, I could see why Netflix chose this because obviously, um, like I think they just finished the actual series of the comic right for it. Um, but like I could see going forward, even though there were some predictable beats, I was like, okay, I could see where you're leading going forward, like where this would be a good series because it's got a cool, you know, fancy vibe to it without having to have like tons of special effects, right? Because it's mainly like they're fighting and stuff like that with hand to hand combat and guns in present day. So, you know movie or series movie movie but i think they've already said they're making additional ones for it so that will be there at some point um and then the arabic thing i watched was on hulu uh which was the winner of the week i would say between the two uh palm springs which is andy samberg's new movie uh which is basically groundhog day but not groundhog day (laughs) um the idea is that the uh, Andy Samberg is this dude that is at this resort for a wedding. In uh, some point, he goes into this basically this wormhole and is trapped in a loop that repeats the uh, same day, right? Whether he dies or wakes up. But like you know, whereas <laughs> with um with Groundhog Day, where it's like you know, kind of was this weird force that's just tying them to it. There, there's nothing like that here. It's just like, no, no, this is just your reality now. Um, and one of the 
the other guest of the women, uh, of the wedding eventually gets stuck in there too. It's, I can't ever remember her name. Kristen Maloney. I think she was on how I met your mother for the final season. If you've seen that. Uh, but yeah, it's just like them going through it. JK Simmons is in it for a little bit. And I gotta say it's probably one, probably the funniest movie I've seen so far this year. Like Andy Samberg has a lot of fun with the time loop thing. Uh, and, and how he's handling it. Um, a lot of good supporting actors in there too. So if you've got Hulu and you want some good laughs and you loved Groundhog Day and you want something, maybe that's a good refreshing take on that, right? Something different doesn't just feel like we're doing the exact same thing Groundhog Day did. Um, check that out. It's it's worth it. It's not a long movie too. It's like only an hour and a half. So it's perfect length. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, but you should. I think John, you would probably dig that movie. You would definitely dig that. Movie. Sounds good. Yeah, that's that's all I got though. That's all you got. Yeah, that's pathetic. I know. You should have more. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to do this topic? I guess. I would love to. I bet you would. The topic is, I've already forgotten the name of it because I have short-term memory loss. So let me get this paper up so I can see it and then go, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2! Yeah, as you can see, uh, Chris was stoked about this topic. He was dying to hear about it. He's been waiting. I am a ghost. I am not a host. I am a ghost. I am here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if I want to farm in my excitement, I will farm it on, sir. That's what I do. Have you, have you covered a game yet? I don't think I you covered have. Last of Us. <laughs> Look, you're the one who's like, I want to cover this, and I'm like, well, he's he. It's his what show. else are we gonna cover, dude? I could have covered, um, uh, yeah, uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Could have done that one. Okay, let's do that now. <laughs> Deep Rock Galactic is a game. Hold on, hold on, wait. Let me do. Deep Rock Galactic. <laughs> uh, I should right, probably play more right, of that. All right, all right. <laughs> we'll stick to the we'll stick to the script. Yes, Chris, you like Castlevania? Um, I enjoy it. I, I mean, definitely Sympathy of the of the Night. You know, on um, what was it? PlayStation. Right. Everybody says Symphony of the Night. That's boring. Yeah. But I mean, like that was that was probably my peak of it because I played a ton of it while I was in college. You know, that mm-hmm. was a good late night game. <laughs> like I'm drunk. Let's see. Or we're all drunk. Let's see how well we can do this game while we're drunk. <laughs> and yeah, was, uh, uh, not too well. When did, that, when did that come out? 97, 98? I think so. And then it came to PS2, I thought. I don't oh, know how we were. It's been, it's been on everything. Yeah. I want to say that's how we were playing it. I can't remember though. Yeah. Well, this is uh this is actually kind of a surprise. I don't I don't know that uh, we even knew this was coming a month out. Um Yeah. But this is uh this is Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 and it's a uh sequel to uh 
wait for it, Chris, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Okay. Curse Harder. This little game came out, um, I guess, a, about a year before the uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night game that was Igarashi's. Um, I feel almost it's like a year to the day, like when we covered yeah, it much. last time. Because I remember yeah. it was it was like that right after E3, middle of, you know, late June, early July period where it was like, yeah, 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 John, play that game because we need something. <laughs> that period <laughs> that comes every year. <laughs> yeah. And so this is um this is a this is from a studio from NT NT Creates. Um they've done both of these games. And it's sort of, I think, I think Curse of, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, Curse of the Moon, the first one was sort of a um, stretch goal um, for their Kickstarter when they, when they launched the Kickstarter for Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. And, you know, Ritual of the Night was scratching that Symphony of the Night itch, Um, you know, because there's, there's two types of Castlevania games. But the but the curse of the curse of the moon series is is basically ripped from the classic NES Castlevania one Castlevania two but most mostly this is pulled from you're really gonna get most of your vibes from <clears throat> Castlevania three um, and there's no change there when it comes to this particular one um, I, I mean the, the main played what's that I don't know if I ever played Castlevania three it's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. You really need to, even now it still holds up. I mean, obviously you have to put yourself, you have to put your, uh, your, you wrap your mind around the fact that you're playing an NES game. But I think, I think it's actually, um, yes. I think it's actually on the, um, the switch now, or at least they, they came out with the Castlevania collection that had all sorts of these titles on there, including the NES titles. Nice. But Castlevania three is probably one of Next to Super Mario Brothers three is my favorite NES title of all time. Super um, Mario Brothers three is mine for sure. Oh yeah, you you and I are in agreement on that being the best, um, at least the best two D Mario game. Yeah, I, I will go on record and say, while there's been, of course, more ambitious Mario games since then, I think sure. Super Mario three will always be the most important Super Mario game. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Even though I think I think you and I are still in that minority when it comes to that versus Super Mario World. I think most people would tell you Super Mario World. Super they're Mario all Mario War World is a joke. Was yeah, a they're all down. wrong. We, we both know that. It was on a terrible console called the SNES. <laughs> Shut your mouth. But this game, Curse of the Moon 2, if you liked the first one, and, and this is going to be short and sweet. This isn't going to be a huge, you know, expose. Huge. If you liked the first one, which I did, and so many people did, it was such a pleasant surprise. You're not going to be let down um, when it comes to this one. Um, you know, it, it keeps the basic it keeps the basic hook that the original game and Castlevania Three had. Um, one of the things that Castlevania Three did that was so, in my mind, so ahead of its time was its ability to switch out your characters at any moment. Um, and this one, this one is the same thing. It, it, pretty much every level you beat, at least for the first few levels, you come in contact with a new character, and you start you start this game like you do in the first one with Sangetsu. Uh, and Sangetsu, you might remember if you've only played Ritual of the Night, he was he was sort of a, a mini boss in the in that game. 
um, where he where he later on joined you sort of in a as as an ally in Ritual of the Night. But he's he's the main protagonist of this game. Uh, now the characters are from the jump a little different. Um, you know, at first in the first game you're playing the first person you meet in in the in the original Curse of the Moon is Miriam, who is the main protagonist of Ritual of the Night. Um, and then you, and then you encounter Jebel and then you encounter Alfred, all of these characters you encounter in the eventual, uh, symphony of the night clone. Um, but this one, you know, it changes it up a little bit. You, you're actually, you're actually one of your, the first ally you encounter is actually the, the main antagonist of the original curse of the moon, which is, uh, Dominic. And she has your classic, um, high jump, um, hmm characteristics um more uh more distanced attacks uh you know she's got this she wields a spear um and i I, in my personal opinion the characters that you get to play as in this game are so much more fun Uh, and that's saying a lot um I, i think between the two games um both games are fantastic but this one even edges out the first one by a little bit i mean by a hair it's just it's really impressive to do that uh, the next, the next um, protagonist you come across um, is a guy named uh, Robert, and he is sort of he's kind of he's your sni- he's a sniper. Um, he's got these long distance attacks. He can actually crawl on the ground flat, like kind of like kind of like the um, if I recall correctly, kind of like the mechanic from uh, Contra, hmm. how you get down low on your stomach. But yeah. but in this case, but in this case, Robert can crawl on his stomach as well as get down low on his stomach. And then, uh, Chris, you're going to love this, man. When I, when this happened, I just, I just cheered in the third level, Mm -hmm. you come across Hachi and and Hachi is a little dog inside (laughs) of a, inside of a mech suit. Oh, Chris, Chris, seriously. I know where that's from. (laughs) That's great. I I see. I I knew you would understand that. (laughs) Uh, This this little, this, this little guy in this mech suit, he's the funnest so f- to me, and that's saying a lot, but he's like the funnest character in this game. He's, does he? he uh, does he ask you where certain things are and to present them? No, <laughs> nothing <laughs> like that. I think you're referring to Rick and Morty. Yes. If I, yeah. Um, but he is. He's got. He's in this huge mech suit. Um, he punches with these large drills. He can stomp off. He can stomp and destroy spikes under him. He can float for a short period of time he can go invincible for a short period of time he's just such a fun character to play with but the but the real hook to all these characters just mm-hmm. like in the first one is you know the, the the game is very linear e- each of these games have about eight levels which is you know pretty yeah, I'm, standard. i'm watching uh i'm watching gameplay right now and like this person's full run of the game is like maybe an hour yeah from here so yeah. and even yeah. i could see like when I'm watching it, you know, it doesn't look like it's the most difficult gameplay in the world. It's just like you have to be, it seems to be like, okay, you need to understand this is exactly what you need to do in this moment. Right. right? And that, yeah, definitely. And that's where the character, that's where the different characters come into play because while the game is linear mm-hmm. and you can, and once you've complete a, once you complete a, a level, you can go back and revisit those levels with the characters you've discovered, because as you're progressing these levels, you'll see areas in the game that you can't reach, that you know that other characters you encounter in this game will be able to go, oh, that guy, as you as you get a new character, you go, oh, I can go back to level one and access that new area. 
Hmm. So, you know, that's where a lot of the repetition, I should sit and say repetition, the replayability comes into this game because not only does it give you access to three new characters and I haven't gotten to this point yet, but once you, once you progress through the game, you can start accessing the characters you encountered in the original curse of the moon, like Miriam and Jebel and, and, um, and Alfred. Hmm. And just, you know, the game is very, very replayable. Um, and I think, I think the way, I think the way it works, although I've, I've only read up on this a little bit, the way it works is you, once you finish the game, you can start the game with one less character and introduce a new one, hmm. like a new one from the original Curse of the Moon. And doing all those replays gets you uh, in many ways similar to the way Ritual of the Night worked you have to work for the actual ending mm. um, because I finished ritual of the night, but I never got around to finishing the actual the true ending. ending. Right. And that's, and, and, and this, this game is very good at bringing to the table uh, replayability. And, 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 you know, you're, I think you're looking at footage from a, from an eight bit, Mm-hmm. retro style this game is really gorgeous in some areas yeah i'm noticing like just how much it escalates once uh you get to these boss battles and how much is just going on behind the scenes it's quite crazy to watch so as you start the game you start as uh zingetsu um and obviously you know when you if you die you know with just as zingetsu, you die but if you know as you as you begin to get more access to more characters uh um, the idea is to sort of you can switch in and out the characters anytime you want at any moment but each one of these characters has their own life meter so if one of them dies you start at the place where you last saved as um, as one of the other characters that are left without losing a quote unquote a life if you will in other words you don't lose a life until all of your characters are exhausted Kind of, you, you know what I mean by that? It's like you start like a traditional NES game. You start with yeah. three lives. You don't lose any of those lives until you lose all your characters. Mm. That's that's considered your turn. So it's very generous in that way. Even though what you know you, you have to, it challenges you to really be careful with with making sure none of your characters die in a level. That's really the last thing you want because a lot of this, particularly if you become more reliant on one over the other. Um, but yeah, it's so that, I mean, that's basically the gist as far, you know, the, the game has the ability for co-op, hmm. uh, local co-op, I should say. I mean, I, I haven't given that, haven't give, given that a whirl. And Chris, you'd be surprised to hear that because of my travels over the weekend, I went ahead and got it on the switch <gasps> that and was it a runs risk beautifully. For you. It, it runs beautifully on the switch. Well, I'm glad so they fixed those be. problems because I remember but, you were, you were up in arms. Still am. They really haven't fixed it. Oh. I mean, they said they have, but, but they when haven't. you're playing when you're playing Ritual of the Night on the uh, Pro Controller, you still there's still input lag, and it's so mm. annoying. I think visually they've they've cleaned it up. It looks like they've cleaned it up a good bit. But um, this game is just is for anyone who is at all nostalgic for. Um, you know, the way things, the way things were on the NES, because most of the love, most of the, most of the credit goes to Igarashi's versions of Castlevania, um, Symphony of the Night and other titles on the uh, Nintendo DS. But yeah, 
this this particular genre of Castlevania doesn't get enough love, and I, these things are just so great uh, that they exist. I mean, this one was um, this one was fourteen ninety nine. It will likely just like the freeze one it will likely come to game pass at some point yeah um, it'll go on sale and in, in other places this is this is just a um this is this is just this is just it's really good that this exists i mean it is definitely more of the same of the original curse of the moon but it's more of mm. the same with just a tad better in my opinion and that's saying a lot i, I think the and i think most of the reviews um overall are, are tending to agree with that mm-hmm. um you know it's just it, it's it's the you know one of the things that, that are really memorable about the original three games on the nes is how challenging they are mm. you know when you know if you get hit you get, get good you get, you, yeah exactly if you get hit you get you literally get flung back yeah. and if you're not careful where you get hit you can get flung back into a pit of lava so the challenge on these games um, is one of the things that people really remember. And that challenge is there. Now you can go to a casual mode where it's a little bit now, easier and much more forgiving. Why is it that you're so good at these then, but you failed to get good when it came to Sekiro? That's built on the same <laughs> principle. That is a, that is an excellent point. Uh, you um, know, I would, you know, I would argue that Sekiro is uh, a game you don't have to be good at to enjoy. And I, that's very true. I still, like you know, I still think about that game. Don't worry, the, would, they put the easy mode out for you this Friday. <laughs> they did not. Oh yeah, <laughs> I see what you're saying. I get with um, but yeah, I, I am glad. And I, I bet you are right that this will eventually end up on Games Pass. And for those who yeah. are unfamiliar out there, uh, if you really are a younger listener, go out there. And there are tons of these kinds of games. Um, maybe not exactly in the vein of Castlevania three but more so just in general if you go on to games pass you will find a plethora of games that have the classic 2d uh, art style ranging from 8-bit to 16-bit to even 32-bit that do a great job of showing people who obviously are now developing games being influenced by the past and you know understanding hey you know, this, this was important work for its time. So if you want a great appreciation of that, you can find so many things that will tie back and show love to past things. And then maybe if you're talking with people that may like, Oh, you like that? You should see if you could check out this game from, uh, Ness or SNES, you know, that's on the classic arcade or something like that to virtual yeah. arcade to check out. Uh, yeah. Plus you got sh- games like shovel Knight and Celeste, things exactly. like that. Yeah. That really capture that. And gosh, in so many ways do it doing that kind of game yeah. with technology we have today, you know, and, and I've read Chris and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I've read that this pixel art, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't do it because it's actually hard to emulate. It is. Yeah. Modern game. I think like when I look at those things, like when I look at shovel Knight. I think in my mind, uh, if I was to time travel back, right, and and go to eight-year-old Chris, and I showed him Shovel Knight, that to me is in my mind where games were going at that point, right? Like, I'm going to have yeah. this this world that just looks so crisp and beautiful, but is in, uh, you know, a 16-bit game design, 
Um, but there's going to be so much more that can go on in the background and, you know, to give you setting. I, I You know, we had no idea that 3D <laughs> was even something really that was possible at that time. You know, it was, yeah, it was sprites I'm, or bust. I'll never forget. And I think I've told this story on the show before that I was in my room one day playing punch out. Mm-hmm. And my dad walks in and looks at that game and says, that's right. I can't believe he said, I can't believe games look this good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so, it's so funny thinking. Cause I thought, you know, I'm like, yeah, this game looks great, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's, it's amazing until you actually, I guess, encounter it. You don't realize, or you just didn't realize then because it was just something you hadn't seen how far we could go. Like I remember yeah. playing world series baseball on Sega Saturn for the first time. And God, if you pulled that up today, it would be the most blocky, ugly yeah. thing you saw. But at the same time, you're like, look at that. Look at that weird thing that kind of says Mark McGuire on it. <laughs> it's so real. I'm right there in the ballpark. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and yeah. uh, it's like, just remember whenever you see the people who are hawking over Final Fantasy VII, if you actually go play the original that was that was something really groundbreaking at the time. We just our minds were blown. We had never seen anything like that. Oh yeah. Um, apparently, so, they mean, could do better. <laughs> so I would say that this game, you know, depending on who you are, depending on your play style, will take you one to two hours to finish the story from beginning to end. Nice. But you know, <clears throat> this is a game I could easily spend eight hours mm-hmm. playing because you know this is the this this. This is my childhood. I mean, this is what I loved to, this is the game I loved to play as a kid. And the replayability factor of this game is, is second to none when it comes to this type of game. So, you know, if you're looking for, it's 1499. If you're looking for something to tie you over for a couple of days until certain games come out, this is a no brainer. I spent $120 uh, on games today, John. I ain't got 1499. What'd you get? <laughs> the one game that's coming out Friday and the one uh, game that came out today. What came out today? Really, John? Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. Was it full price? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I, I'm, I I mean, there was part of me too. that was conflicted, but I just didn't want to wait anymore because I've been wanting to get back. I'm, I'm talking about death training folks came out on PC today. Um, yeah, I wanted to get back in that game, but I also wanted a scenario where for the next two weeks or so, my PlayStation was not sounding like a jet engine all the time. I don't have that luxury, unfortunately, with uh, uh, Ghost. You know, we'll just we'll play that and I'll I'll endure. Yeah. Put some headphones Dude. on, but you know, yeah. it's it's nice. It's like every time I've I'll probably get Horizon because of this too on here at some point, right? Maybe yeah. replay that before oh. um before the sequel comes out. Yeah. But like going right in, you're just like oh. It's nice and quiet. Yeah, so I I keep I keep our consoles under like in the under the TV. There's a cabinet where you mm-hmm. can actually shut the doors. And I have to tell Aiden. I told him yesterday because I mean, there's no way he would have realized it. It's yeah, um, better open you know, that up. <laughs> you better open that up because yeah. that thing that thing is blowing like a jet engine. When mm-hmm. I was playing The Last of Us Part Two, yeah. I've never heard my PlayStation Four yeah. rip roaring like that, and that's a PS4 Pro. Yeah, I mean sanity i don't know I mean, my, my console would have melted had i not opened up the cabinet <laughs> it, it's amazing me like i get the original playstation being that way right but yeah. i cannot the part that 
amazes me is that when they did the pro and then the redesign for the slim that they did not go in there and fix ventilation to be a little bit better to where it doesn't, you know, it's not like it doesn't cool the system. It does, but it's just like, you know, you take this and you're going and you're playing like if this game was on Xbox one instead, it would be whisper quiet. You know, you almost never hear that thing until like for you, the only time you heard the fan was when something was going wrong. Um, you know, so I'm very surprised. I I have a feeling (laughs) The PlayStation 5 will have a very adequate cooling that has uh, been tested to be as quiet as possible <laughs> if they've learned anything. Or maybe Sean Lane just doesn't care. But yeah, man, that that's pretty much it for this. It's just, I mean, th- there's nothing to it, but what it does, it just, it does so well. And you could tell these, these guys love, love this stuff. It is, it is it is a love letter to Castlevania. So, awesome. I mean, I guess I think I think if I recall, I gave the original one an eight point five. This mm-hmm. one, I'll give this one an eight point seven. It's just it's just above what the original did, and that's great. That's, well, great that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it because I know you love those types of games, and Capcom hates you and will never make a new one. So, or Konami, sorry, Konami. Um, you're, you're not kidding. You're not yeah. wrong. In fact, in fact. Um, I don't know if you'd heard this. Um, not a lot of people were tracking this, but they were, um, they were, um, they've got a mobile Castlevania game out. Well, it's sort of in a beta version that people had signed up for to play, mm-hmm. but they came, the, the Konami came out and said, we're not taking this any further. We're canceling it. <laughs> I think it was, it was Castlevania grimoire of souls. Hmm. And it was exclusive to mobile devices. And I was ready, man. I had the iPad and I, you know, all set for this thing. They just canceled it. It just canceled it. Um, I guess because people just weren't spending any money. They just need to, I I, I do not get at this point. Like if Konami doesn't want to make games, that's cool. I would just be like, make money for yourself and either sell the property or, you know, partner with someone, go to Sony and say, Hey, Yes, we will let Kojima make Metal Gear games through you, and as long as you finance them and you pay us for the right of that name of Metal Gear Solid, right? And if you want to make a, you know, a Castlevania game, you can go through us and pay us the same way, you know? I, I just don't get it, because there is money money to be made there, right? And Or, yeah, as you said, just sell them to Capcom. That, that wouldn't be bad either, because um, they have so many series, so many series that are worth playing. And Capcom just seems to be like the best fit. Um, yeah, probably. Because they've always been the equal, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they were the two big third-party uh, developers in Japan for so long. Japan. Yeah, at least the ones that are still around. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, but that's my that's my uh, story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. For the moon too. Yeah, I'm glad uh, you enjoyed it, and it uh, ran well for you on your Switch because I know that was like the part of like the dagger in the back for you for the first one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you want to do some news? Of course. Yay! Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. Then I go back and go. 
Maybe we'll just go with the echo next time. Hold on. <laughs> John. We've been in darkness for video game announcements, but we got some. And they, they came from Ubisoft. Yeah. They have uh, pushed forward. Ah, ah, because they called it an Ubisoft forward. Uh, the highlights from it. Probably the big one leaked a couple days beforehand, but Far Cry 6 was announced uh, after many leaks earlier in the week with Ubisoft announcing the title for a February 18th, 2021. That's next year, which is kind of like where they always put Far Cry. I feel like they, they target February and then I think Far Cry 5, they had to delay to May. Uh, but the reveal showcased uh, Giancarlo Esposito of Breaking Bad fame in a new seemingly antagonistic role. That's an understatement. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has been confirmed for a November 17th release date for the Xbox One, PS4, PC, and Stadia. Uh, the confirmed release for the new consoles, but they have not released the date for those, probably because we don't have a release date for the consoles. Hyperscape announced the company's first dip into the Battle Royale genre, which is now available for open beta. Ubisoft further confirmed a new weapon, a new hack, and a new 30-tier battle pass have been added to the game. I think that was free, too, they said, the battle pass. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion will be released on October 29th, uh, and the game will allow you to recruit any NPC and make them a playable character. Brahalla is coming to iOS and Android devices on August 6th. And everyone's favorite title from last year, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, will receive a free title update on the day you hear this episode. Uh, the game will add AI teammates to the game for the first time, letting solo players choose whether they want a squad of operators to play with. You will be able to give orders and customize your teammates like they should have done from the beginning right <laughs> but you know you you knock this game chris and for good reason don't get me wrong but this was some of my favorite gaming moments of 2019 oh man we it was like watching it was you, so watching, bad it was fun <laughs> watching you come down in the helicopter with you sitting in the sky mm -hmm. you were literally like three or four feet in front of the helicopter <laughs> all right john coming to pick you up you're like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was great. It was great visual uh, bug disappointment fun. Yeah. So um, the actor who played um, Voss, who was that, who was he? I know he plays on. Um, yeah. Better Call Paul. Yep. What is he tweeted something a couple of months ago that said that he was he involved he, in Far Cry in some capacity, and their people are theorizing that it, he's like yeah. He, Playing an early version of Voss, he uh, and son in this in this game. He, I, I think it was a it was a Reddit Ask Me Anything type thing, and he talked about yeah how much he loved that character and and basically saying it would be really fun to um, play that character again. So you know, but maybe something will be coming soon. Stay tuned. That was kind of his tease, right? If I recall, yeah, I mean, and people did, I think like early on when the leak first came, because basically it was on the PlayStation store in Hong Kong and they had the image for the box art leak with it. And people were noticing there was a little cut on one of his eyebrows, which is what Voss actually has. Um, I would say the character doesn't really, 
even though it's a kid, doesn't really look that much like Voss to me otherwise. Um, and I didn't get that sense from the trailer because, you know, I would, I'm kind of like, if you're going to go that, I was kind of waiting for all of a sudden, uh, uh, Esposito to, uh, to say, you know, what is the definition of insanity, son? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> uh, but he still yeah, is giving it away way, way too much. But, the, you know, I, I, you know, I they've said, they've said in the past that the Far Cry series, for the most part, they all take place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, gosh, I mean, they've got a recurring CIA character in most of the games, at least most of the modern games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it looks, you know, obviously it's going to be, it's going to be a Far Cry game. I mean, you haven't seen any gameplay footage but yeah everything there's and, and i think you mentioned this last week you just you know with a with a guy like giancarlo esposito you're hoping they don't troy baker it in yeah like far cry 4 you know or even or even um to some extent joseph, joseph in the last one i mean he's not in yeah. it that much uh yeah it was much more the other ones yeah um so, um, so I'm hoping they utilize him and take advantage of it because that's a good get. I mean, he is such a, you know, he's got me convinced he's actually a bad person in real life because <laughs> <laughs> he plays it so well. He's he's one of the best. It's it's very um, weird to see him in roles where he isn't the bad guy because you're just like I still don't trust this guy because <laughs> yeah, I've seen yeah I've seen it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm rooting that he is. You know, obviously. I mean, even with Voss, it wasn't like Voss was always there um, when you were playing the game. It was just if you were going through the story, it was like every couple of hours you got to check in with Voss, and it was a really damn memorable thing, right? Sure. Um, so that's kind of what I would want here. Um, and as you said, like I, I, I guess it could still work that it is Voss because, as you said, if these are all in the same universe, I would imagine this is before Far Cry 5. Uh, <laughs> given sure. the way that game ended, <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, you know, it uh, didn't really show much, but I, that didn't shock me. It would, it would imagine that, uh, if they had another presentation this year, maybe they would, uh, show it then and we'll get to that. Uh, but Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they showed off a good portion of that. Um, I'm interesting. I'm, Interesting stuff that they revealed about that game. Yeah. Since, since the presentation. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with it. There were things that they chose to highlight in it and where I'm like, Hmm, that's a warning sign in my mind. Like when I see, all right, we're going to go through these missions where you're sneaking through and following someone. I was like, Oh no, please don't be bringing this back. Why are you bringing that back? <laughs> um, and you know, the game in some parts looked a little rough, but I, I will chalk it up to the fact that, the game is five months from release. Um, but part of me wondered, you know, you're not announcing, I, I get why you're not announcing the date yet for, uh, the next gen, right? Because if, if it is that these consoles are coming after that date, right. Um, you might have to wait. And it also just might be that the next gen versions of those games end up waiting, and get pushed back. You know, I, I would not be surprised if you, from what I saw of this game, which appears to be pretty dang ambitious, um, gets a delay. It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me 
um, which might be why they felt so much comfortable putting watchdogs where they are, where it's like, okay, no matter what watchdogs is going to be done and ready for release, uh, then. Right. So, yeah. So my theory on this is that November 17th is either the release date of these consoles or a date given that is guaranteed that these games are coming out after the consoles release because True. black Friday is November 27th. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and you're, and, and it would seem so strange to me not to have these consoles out before that time. So my guess is this is, this is either day and date or these consoles have already been out a couple of weeks. If yeah. Not a week. I mean, that's how it was last gen because, uh, what was it? Um, black flag came out like the week before the PS4 dropped. And then, you know, of course the PS4 version came out that next week with the release of the console. And then when Xbox came out like two weeks after that, it came out on day one as well. So it, right. it wouldn't be unprecedented for them to do that for sure um yeah and black flag was the game i was you know my my wife and and kid your were wife out, were out and about and um, i was talking about how you know you know ps4 can wait i got plenty of stuff to play and and they came back with with uh they came back from the store with a playstation and mm. assassin's creed 4 black flag and nice. aiden I, I, i'll never forget this clarissa was in the store with him going so what does he want and Aiden's like, he wants Assassin's Creed Black Flag. <laughs> he was like seven or eight at the That's time. smart. Yeah, smart kid. She could have called me. I was at the same way. I mean, he wants Assassin's <laughs> Creed Black Flag. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Black Flag. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously Watch Dogs Legions looks great. Um, yeah. Definitely something I'm looking, I'm looking forward to giving a try. That's an interesting one, right? Because they are promising such a big thing in this idea mm-hmm. of of like you being able to recruit whoever. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, how long until I see the repetition and what they're doing to make this work? That's, that's the number one question in my mind, because I want the freedom that they're saying, like where I just see someone walking. I'm like, that guy looks interesting. Let me go get him and put him in. Is there like a limited amount of spots and therefore I have to give someone up if, um, if I recruit enough people, right. Um, and all that, but on the other hand, the idea of it and what they were showing in it, I loved because it's, it's that thing of like the combat itself for, for watchdogs is kind of basic and you could still see it was that same basic combat, um, scenario, which was always kind of what was the little bit of the drag of the series, right? Like it was really cool when you got later in the game, you had a lot of resources and hacking ability and all that, and you could really experiment and do fun. Um, so if it is really feeling like I can consistently go out there and recruit these people and the stories of those recruitments are interesting, they showed off a, just a, you know, a, 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 a well of treasures of how you can customize to, to, you know, approach that situation where if I want to, I can be guns blazing or, you know, the part when the guy had the drone and he jumped on the drone to get inside, I was like, that's what I want from this. That is cool. That's, that's something unique, you know, that to this world of what you can do, or then like, then turn around and make it something like Hitman, where, you know, you're just dressed up as the construction worker and no one is noticing you 
as you're uh, setting up this attack from the inside, right? Like that, that is cool. And if they can deliver on it, it could probably end up being the best watchdogs game that they've had so far. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's promising a lot. And I just, just kind of like, almost like the original watchdogs promised mm-hmm. a lot. And so, did. you know, I think for the most part in general, everybody loved this. Everybody liked the second one a lot. The second one was really fun. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, this game reminds me, it's probably nothing like this conceptually, but it reminds me of the, the original Matrix when, <laughs> when Neo's running through, running away from the agent and the agent just keeps embodying other people. And yeah, you see the, <laughs> that's pretty funny. You know, it's that old lady in the kitchen with the knife that gets thrown at the wall, you know, <laughs> so do that little it's, move. it's probably conceptually far from that, but that's just what I think when you can, when you can recruit anybody you want in this game. Yeah. Right. Like everyone, <laughs> apparently Smith. it's like everyone apparently in London has a breaking point where they yeah. will go AWOL. Is there anything you wanted to see that you didn't, that you were hoping to see that you didn't get shown? Yeah. Uh, Splinter Cell is always, I mean, I always want yeah. to see Splinter Cell. Um, there's the one, um, we, we didn't see, we haven't heard anything on, uh, what you call it. Um, uh, beyond good and evil uh two three whatever it is oh yeah we haven't i mean it's it's been mia and i guess you know i i I did temper myself a little bit to say like okay obviously with the fact they've already announced there's another one they're kind of moving more to that nintendo model presentation right where not everything is a go all out show everything that's in your arsenal that time but to stagger it out to say here's some new releases and here's some things for you right now yeah um the one thing i will say the presentation while it was slick um could have been i don't know there was a lot of fluff in there is is what i would call it right and i would have been happier if it had just been 15 minutes and i or 20 minutes instead of like the 45 minutes it was right and it had just been the combination of here's a trailer and now here's a in-depth thing from the developer versus like here's a stylized film on watchdogs that has nothing to do with the game yeah. uh, or you know here's this one person that works on this one thing i mean that's nice but I, i'm just to me it's kind of like okay you're just repeating yourself i don't need that i just i'm here for your announcements that's why i'm here for please be mindful of my time yeah, there, you're not. You're definitely not wrong there. There were there were two, maybe two and a half things, and and you know we'll talk about one of them in a second. Yeah. But there were two, I guess, two things that I was really hoping to see. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I, I I could have sworn that we were getting, um, what's that ancient Greek game? Was it Gods and Monsters? Yeah, because that's supposed to be coming. I thought. I thought it was coming this fall. That's um, what the rumor is. But maybe they're maybe they just got put behind and there was one that i was really hoping to be and one more thing i was i was hoping to see a mario plus rabbits too you know because that would be really cool but overall i mean none because of all the leaks nothing there was nothing here that was surprising i guess was the thing Hmm. Um, and it was just you know it left i guess you know maybe it's a good thing that it leaves you wanting more so yeah that speaking of more john yeah yeah uh ubisoft forward will be um, featured later on this year. Um, they've officially announced that there's more to come by way of Ubisoft Forward Conference later this year. Yvette, Yvette, Yves. Yves Guillemot, 
uh, indicated that there will be a lot more to come, <laughs> whatever, from Ubisoft. And the next conference will include uh, more, quote, games, news, and updates. And uh, shall I go ahead and read the next one? Um, before you say that, I, I just want to say one good thing they did uh, is Yves, credit to you for being a guy who runs a very popular video game company but understands you are not the best guy to be on stage all the time because not everyone gets that idea in this industry <laughs> and sure. you get it and you let people talk that are they're made to do this and i, I would say because it is nice when he pops in he's like hello i hope you enjoyed our ubisoft forward and we have more coming later this year but first one more thing and that's all he had to do and it was good <laughs> yeah seems like such a nice dude too <laughs> he is um, he does uh, so Skull and Bones, Skull and Bones is one. It was one of those games yeah. I was looking for. It was um, shocking. A yeah, a, a report indicates that Ubisoft is rebooting it. Uh, its upcoming pirate game, Skull and Bones, according to reports, the game will fall will now follow a quote live game model with ongoing storytelling in storytelling inspired by Fortnite. According to VGC, the game quote had been struggling to carve itself a unique position among Ubisoft's existing portfolio of open world games doesn't really surprise me this has led the team to reboot the game and shift away from the quote premium box model used by most ubisoft titles and uh, for the audience that refers to the way that games like far cry far cry and assassin's creed operate i think They're, the big one would be a uh, medal of honor or not medal of honor metal what was it called the the fighting game that they had for honor for, for, for honor, honor yeah yeah so the revamped game will feature a persistent game world with quests, characters, and storylines that will drastically evolve and change over time based on the collective actions of the community. So, you know, I guess um maybe maybe they were maybe they were looking at um because these two game this game got announced along like during the development years ago? development cycle. Well, yeah, but during the development cycle for Sea of Thieves. Yeah. And maybe they were just looking at that business model and going, well, maybe we need to do this a little bit differently. Maybe they kind of had a similar idea. I wonder uh, if they've just like, they, I wonder if it was Ghost Recon, honestly, that did it where they saw the backlash on Breakpoint and what they were trying to do with it. Because I think in a way that's what they were kind of designing this to be right. Like this thing of, okay, yeah, you're going to buy this one game for $60 and then you know, there's a bunch of good content here, but we're going to consistently kind of entice you with things to buy, right? Like yeah, over and sure. over and over. And they saw how that backlash went, uh, for, for break, for break point. And then, you know, I don't know how well for honor is still holding up for them. Uh, I, I would imagine it's doing okay, but it, you know, yeah. Then you see the other way, right? Like where, you're over there and you're looking at, as you said, Sea of Thieves, where you're like, well, this is who we are. No matter what we try to do, we're going to Percept get compared to them. That's how that's who they're competing with. Yeah, it's like, this is our competitor. And you see how well it's worked for them and how well Rare has taken something that wasn't perfect when it came out, for sure, and have consistently given free things to the community and kept enticing them. And yeah, they spend money on it still. They have things that you know can generate cash for them but it's kept a community that's engaged in a pirate combat game, you know, yeah, for that, that, that breakpoint analogy is very shrewd. That's mm -hmm. a, I mean, that's a real good point. <clears throat> you, you could be spot on. Um, Chris is, you right. know, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, because you know that Ubisoft pumped the brakes on so many things once Breakpoint came out. They went, yes. okay, we got to rethink what's going on here. So I, I it would yeah. not surprise me if, at all if that was the case. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering like all these things. Like, I'll be very interested to see, for instance, like what Assassin's Creed is this fall. Because again, like that's another one where it felt like whereas Odyssey Gala's praise, the number one complaint is this is too damn long and takes too much routine chores to level up right like you you really you really have to enjoy this loop because as you know like i've, I've said it's like if you wanted to beat that game you had to do everything there was just there was nothing you could avoid in that game and uh to get to level 50 and and get to the point where you were going to beat and actually see the full story um, and it was blissful it and, was blissful. and like you you know whereas i or i guess origins was a little bit tighter but also had issues I think uh, some people said, you know, you wonder, like, I'm seeing a bunch of customization for it, but at the same time, um, maybe the skills and the combat has been taking closer back to where we were before. I don't know. Well, well, Chris, did you read that Valhalla won't, from from what I understood, Mm. it's not going to have your traditional side quest. Hmm. I'm always, I'm, I'm always, uh, hesitant on that because i feel like that's a very video game industry thing that has always said and then every now and then you get horizon zero dawn where it's true or you get witcher 3 where it's true and then you get a bunch of other people who are like we made these two or three things that aren't traditional side quests and then everything is just really side quest. i'll be yeah. uh, you know what if i pull up a map in assassin's creed valhalla and i see 95 icons i'll be like really Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. No. You did two things. Good job. Well, Chris, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what the future holds. Speaking of a future that is digital, <laughs> according to Capcom, eight percent of its games are now sold digitally. In fact, the company is encouraged by the trend to increase the number of ninety percent before long. Capcom was recently asked about its plan to increase digital sales, saying, "Quote." While it ultimately depends on how our customers behave going forward, for the time being, we are promoting our digital strategy with an objective of 90% since there are some customers who prefer to own disc. The 80% number is the product of growth of 53.3% from last year, and Capcom is attributing a lot of this success to Monster Hunter Iceborne. The company is planning to make digital products available to more markets worldwide. Does this blow you away, that no. number? No. It surprised me because um, you PlayStation know, was PlayStation for the entire generation was touting that around forty five percent of its of its games had been sold digitally, mm-hmm. and this is um, and so we're looking at this developer here, this publisher that's almost double that number. So it just, well, I mean, I knew it was going to be high. Yeah. I figured it was high, but I just. To me, eighty percent was just wow, and I'm wondering if other if other developers are showing this type of number. What exactly Capcom's doing that's making it like this? Well, because I would, Iceborne, Iceborne doesn't cut it for me. Well, see, what I would say the reason why it is, and especially over the last year, it's that number, and it might be an aberration a little bit in terms of how high it is right now, versus like if they do release uh, Resident Evil Eight here in like the next twelve months, right? Um, is just the fact that you have to think a bit monster hunter uh world and then iceborne both came to pc in the last year 
And I think pretty much the whole entire Monster Hunter community went straight to PC if they could, because you're like, yes, I will take the 60 frames per second, uh, nice. you know, and it running just as best as it can. Like it was the definitive uh, version of those games. So, of course, if you're buying that, you're probably going through Steam. And that thing is consistently on sale. The original one and deals to get, you know, ones that also include uh, Iceborne. Like, I think you can get, like, here recently on the Steam sale, you can get for 45 bucks Monster Hunter World and Iceborne together. That's a pretty damn good deal for something that would probably give you 300 hours of gaming, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, So, I think that might be the main thing that's leading it and i guess also you think of things like street fighter um i think there's been more people moving over to steam with that as time has gone on but i don't know i I definitely expect this number yeah to be bigger like there it should say something the fact that sony on day one is going ahead and telling gamestop and others like yeah we're releasing a digital only console uh on day one it'll be out there for you i wonder if uh, gamestop will sell that model (laughs) <laughs> that'd be funny i'll order on amazon <laughs> uh and it will be epic speaking of epic <laughs> sony is getting epic sony has acquired a minority interest in epic with a strategic investment of 250 million dollars this will allow sony and epic to more closely collaborate in areas of games entertainment and technology Ep- uh, quote epic's powerful technology in areas such as graphics places them at the forefront of game engine development with Unreal Engine and other innovations. There's no better example of this than the revolutionary entertainment experience Fortnite, according to Sony president and CEO Kenichiro Yoshida. Uh, She uh, goes on to say, throughout our investment, we will explore opportunities for further collaboration with Epic to delight and bring value to consumers and the industry at large, not only in games, but also across the rapidly evolving digital entertainment landscape. Sony and Epic worked together to unveil Epic's Unreal Engine 5, and Sony was so impressed that it led to this acquisition. Now, uh, Chris, I don't know how much uh, $250 million buys you. Probably not much for this engine. (laughs) But I got to tell you, it's probably smart going forward um, for Sony to wrap wrap its head around what its own strengths are. Mm-hmm. Uh, going forward because you've got Xbox, you've got Google, you've got all these people that are able to play in this streaming world. You've got a company here that's kind of at a disadvantage. And, you know, if we're being honest, a disadvantage in that respect. Sure. So it's good to see Sony doing things like this to diversify yeah. their portfolio because, you know, you know, the company name will go on name, but one of the things that makes the company we work for so strong is their ability to diversify their investments. Yeah. Uh, and it probably, so probably uh, yeah, it, it probably ensures that whenever there is something with Epic, um, whether it's just an update to Unreal, that it's yeah. going to be shown on a Sony system. And I think that's probably the right move right now because you know, I mean, just by the science of it, you know, who's got the more powerful visual box, right? So if you can say, well, the visuals though are being shown on our console first. That's a selling point. That's going to get, you know, we had more people, I think talking positively off that unreal uh, demo than anything that was shown in the third party little showcase that they had for Xbox, which of course they were all unreal Four games, uh, which is why they didn't look as good as anything on unreal (laughs) five. But you know, 
And you know the strategy worked because you had Xbox and Phil Spencer immediately after that presentation Mm -hmm. going, oh, yeah, it runs on it runs on Xbox, too. Look at me. Look at me. me." You have to do it (laughs) because, I mean, yeah, the ones who are going to take the most advantage of it, honestly, are going to be PC developers. Right. Yeah, that's that's all they use. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Speaking of real stealthy like a ninja. Speaking of ninjas. This is so lame. Following the shutdown of Mixer, Tyler Ninja Blevins has announced he will now be streaming on YouTube Gaming. His first stream premiered on July 8th. All eyes were on Ninja to see what his next move was going to be with Facebook Gaming seeming to be the logical place for him to go. He declined to sign a deal with the platform, however. That's probably, I mean, it's it's really strange. YouTube Gaming, I felt like, was something that was dead in the water, but now that Microsoft has had their ship sell on that on Mixer and the fact that, you know, YouTube, while it has a gaming element to it, it it still has a natural platform already built in that they're invested in heavily uh, versus Facebook, where you're trying to work to establish. And I think you're a little bit limited because I don't know if like you can easily take a Facebook uh, video that's out there and then it to be like a gift or a small clip that is playable on Twitter the way you can with a YouTube video. Um, it, it, it seems like a good place. And it, you know, if, if I was on, if I'm Tyler, you know, to bet with Google taking care of you on this, that's a, that's a good one. I, I would easily choose Google over Facebook in this because while Microsoft seems to have some kind of partnership going on with Facebook, gaming it does not seem like is anywhere in the near in the investment that was with mixer you know i think microsoft's kind of doing what microsoft does where it's like okay we tried this thing it didn't work we're just going to incorporate everything else into our thing and uh, into our products and make sure it works fine that's that's where they're going so uh, it makes sense to me that he's going this direction will it work time will tell does it surprise you no, it's fundamentally sound. <laughs> you think uh, you think Ninja likes wrestling? I uh, know it's not gonna be a battleground for him. Mm-hmm. Speaking of battleground, <laughs> WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Look, <laughs> we'll launch for we'll launch for PC, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and Stadia on September 18th. The game will be deliberately over the top with over 70 playable wrestlers at launch, both superstars and legends. More wrestlers will be added as free updates after launch, and there will also be a function to create your own character. My character will look like Chris. The game will include four modes to include campaign, exhibition, king of the battleground, and online play. And Chris, I... This is one of the this is this is gonna be a kind of a guilty pleasure. I'm actually kind of excited for this game. Yeah, I like one of these ones. I think of as a kid growing up, I think of these characters as over the top superheroes. Yeah. And that's what this that's what this game is actually giving you. I mean, I saw footage of people wielding turning people into ice. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the one they did um about four or five years ago. I can't remember the name of it. But like even uh Aaron a uh, friend of the show and probably the biggest wrestling fan I know. <laughs> uh, he, you know, he, he preferred that one to the, like the, the ones that come out yearly that are just yeah. traditional wrestling. I think most people like this is their, you know, because it, it kind of like, I guess the best way to say is it Nintendo eyes it 
you know, Very it makes it feel job. something that you don't feel bad giving to your kids to play or, yeah. you know, in, in the same time for the adults that even if they're not huge wrestling fans now, it, it gives them the ability to come back and, and like have something like, Oh, I want OG undertaker or, um, you know, Shawn Michaels or whoever. And, uh, of yeah. course, Brett, the Hitman heart grace. There yeah, yeah. is of grace. Course. There was grace. There ever will be, uh, 100%, 100%. <laughs> uh, you know, to have those moments come back and it be over the top and fanatical and all that. It, it's just fun. Uh, I enjoyed these more. Yeah. It's, it's along the lines of, uh, NBA jam and 2k yes. playground. Yes. That kind of thing. So definitely they can't Looking all be Chris love. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking this is going to do extremely well on the switch. I really mm. think so. Speaking of Chris love, uh, this week I was playing as Chris love. And Chris Love was going against the Hawks. And power forward John Collins blocked me early on as I was driving to the hole. I'm a shooting guard. Uh, and afterwards it cut and he was taunting and he was very proud of what he did. And I just want everyone to know out there in the digital world of NBA 2K20 NPCs, John Collins got wrecked for the rest of that night as I went to the hole again and again. I had open threes that I passed off just to wait for John Collins to come down so I could dunk on his face. Do not challenge Chris Love, NPCs. I thought you retired Chris Love. Uh, well, this year, yeah. So I did I did Girth Brooks. That was my main for a lot of it. <laughs> I got to I got him to 99 because it's not like the last couple of years. Like it's a lot easier to get to 99 now. And which is cool. I and I understand why they did it because it makes the playground fun. But uh <laughs> I, I got to a point where it just it was too easy <laughs> for me and I I'm not much of a shooter so I decided to make a shooting guard I almost never do I usually am a point guard or a small forward because I you know can control the court and then just drive the hole it's basically what I do yeah uh, but here I want to actually focus on getting good and being able to create separation for myself and get good at the timing of shooting and all that so I made Chris Love and brought him back. Well, it seems like nothing was holding you back. <laughs> you know, it won't be held back. Phil Spencer. <laughs> Cause he's downplayed the idea that games will be held back at launch of the Xbox series X because they will be released on previous generation consoles. He's referred to the suggestion as a meme that quote gets created by people who are too caught up in device competition. I just look at the windows. It's almost certain if the developer is building a windows version of their game, then the most powerful and highest fidelity version is the PC version. You can even see that with some of our first party console gaming or games coming to PC, even from our competitors, that the richest version is the PC version. And I can tell you that's true with death stranding already. Uh, <laughs> yep. The PC echo, uh, ecosystem is the most diverse when it comes to hardware. When you think about the CPUs and GPUs from years ago, they're are, are still there. Yes. Uh, every developer is going to find a line and say, this is the hardware that I'm going to support. But the diversity of the hardware choice in PC has not held back the highest fidelity PC games on the market. The highest fidelity PC games rival anything that anyone or anybody has ever seen in video games. So this idea that developers don't know how to build games or game engines 
or ecosystems that work across a set of hardware, there's a proof point in PC that shows this is not the case. And he's 100% right on that. Oh, he 100% is. I mean, even, you know, well, I was going to use an Assassin's Creed reference, but there's no need. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I, I, I think mean, you played that game. You played Odyssey on the PC, yeah. And I, I played it on Xbox One, uh, Xbox One X, Xbox One X, yeah. And it looked amazing. But then I watched you play it on the PC, and I could not believe it. Yeah, because the moment you go to a PC and it's running again, like having something that is on max settings and mm-hmm. sixty frames per second, you automatically see just how much better it is. Um, right. And and look, no matter what any generation. Uh, as long as NVIDIA is in the game, PC is going to be the, the driving force of where uh, the greatest achievements in terms of video fidelity are. That's just, that's mean, a fact. You mean AMD? Them too. I mean, but more so, <laughs> NVIDIA is the one who pushes it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, I think what people don't understand is they're equating to things being held back, and it's not that. It's that new technology takes time to get integrated it that is what happens here right the 20 uh 2080 ti came out what three years ago and now last fall was when you really started to first see people start to bring those in on pc control comes out control takes ray tracing to a whole new level of the game call of duty came in and did a ton of stuff and really pushed the limits then you saw red dead earlier this year begin to push what it could do with ray tracing and options right all that is more becoming normalized now so probably as we head into this next generation especially where ray tracing is becoming a standard in the two consoles that are coming out you're going to see that get integrated more but here's the thing if a game was begun being built three years or four years ago that didn't exist and if you're a game developer you have to make some choices which is to say are you going to try to take this new thing and make it work on something you've already developed for years? Or are you going to say, okay, let's finish and do the best with what we can right now. And when we work on the next thing, we'll bring all that technology in. And the good thing is, of course, as time goes on, developers begin to learn more tricks. They get to understand how, what the limitations are, what causes slowdown and, and issues with processing versus what will can be pushed to the limit and you know really expand upon what is possible in the game so i would just tell people i'm like destiny 2 didn't or i'm sorry the original destiny didn't have problems or be held back on xbox uh because of in and ps4 because of the fact that it was on 360 and ps3 i mean like it was hard to make those versions for those consoles don't get me wrong but the reasons that had issues were You were launching something on two new consoles that were untested and you had Bungie trying to push the envelope in that moment while trying to figure out problems. And the key point is they came back with the exact same system, you know, as far as what they built that game upon a couple years later with Destiny 2. And it was vastly superior running than what was on the first one. Poetic, Chris. Yeah. Poetic. I, I picked up the technology parts for you. Where, you know, <laughs> that's why I tried to do. It's good to know you're an advocate. Yeah, I just want to fly. And speaking of advocacy, oh, Xbox is advocating for free upgrades. A report has resurfaced. I'm sorry, has surfaced, not resurfaced. 
that suggests that Xbox is telling third-party developers that Xbox Series X upgrades of their current gen games should be free. According to VGC, quote, publishing sources with knowledge of Microsoft's next-gen policies says Microsoft has been encouraging companies working on cross-gen games to offer upgrades at no additional cost. This would encourage the use of Xbox's smart delivery program where you need to only purchase one version of the game. So far, we've seen developers like Ubisoft and CD Projekt Red take advantage of this while Take-Two opting out, at least for now. Yeah, they seem to be the big one because even EA with Madden this year, you get your upgrade for free. Limited, but you know, you get it. Yeah, yeah. So it's... um, you know, I'm wondering how successful Xbox is going to be with this because it's not like they're necessarily in the position to be demanding Mm -hmm. this. And I don't think they're necessarily demanding this, but they're just strongly encouraging because, you know, if I, you know, if if they were Sony in this position, I could see them, you know, having a more influential, Mm -hmm. being more influential as far as convincing people to do it because they sold a hundred million units. Um, they shut so down all their PCs as they're working on stuff. Like, do yeah. you forget who owns you? <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. We'll see if this um, uh, if this makes a uh, a good simulation. I will say, I believe the story just because, or the leak, just because it jives with everything Phil seems to have been pushing the last couple of years. And this is oh, the yeah. this is the part where I, I'm is going to be a very sad day. I don't know if Xbox. Series X and versus PS5 if Xbox has really got a shot to win that. But regardless, what Phil Spencer to me has become is the face of video games for these reasons in my mind is because he understands, hey, I've got to start moving people to a system that is better for the consumer. You know, that's that seems to be his goal in whatever he's doing. Um, you know, of course he makes business decisions just like anyone else. But when you go back and you say, okay, fast forward back to 2013, where we have Don Madrick going up there and just trying to force things down people's throat, like DRM in an age when internet has not even gone to a hundred MIPS per second and things like that. You just, you look at it and you're like, Wow how did Microsoft figure out how to get the one guy that could get them in the right place to turn all this stuff around? Yeah. In, in an, in an industry full of reasonable people. Yeah. Um, Phil Spencer sits at the top yeah. these days. He's really just, he's really just emerged that as the video game advocate of play your way anywhere you want mm-hmm. uh, and make it easy to access these games for our consumers. He's, he's the, to me, he's the he's he's probably the most consumer friendly. He's the new executive. Reggie. Well, in a way, he, but, not, but not even Reggie was that consumer friendly True. type of guy. Yeah. This guy wants to put this game in your hands, and he's almost at the point where he'll do it for free if he can just put it in your hands. He's such a he's such a consumer friendly guy. Um, yeah. I don't think the industry has seen anything like it. It's the, like the way his approach to gaming. It seems like he's a, a hybrid of the Waz and and Steve Jobs in a way. He has an eye, he has these visions of where we're going and all that, but at the same time he you know he's got that Waz factor of of being coming in here and seeing the un he you know he's not forgetting the consumer. He seems to understand what is that makes them tick and what makes them happy, as far as the hardcore is concerned. Um. 
This is important, Chris. Come fly the simulated skies. Microsoft Flight Simulator will be releasing on August 18th with pre-orders already available. There will be three different versions to fit your needs to include standard, deluxe, and premium editions. The game will require a whopping 150 gigs of space uh, to install. All information indicates it will be space well used. Yeah, and this is, uh, for those who are wondering, it will be free. I don't know which version, but, you know, if you have Games Pass, it will be there for PC players on day one. I don't believe it's coming to Xbox One on that date. I think that's something that's later down the line. Um, but, yeah, they put out a new video this week. And it, uh, th- whoever this team is, <laughs> they are pushing what can be done with visualization and a plane. <laughs> it's basically the best way to describe it. it looks, I just want to play this game and get like a an ultra-widescreen, like 64-inch monitor and just be like, okay... See you later, baby. I'm gonna I'm gonna fly from Rio de Janeiro to London tonight, and it's gonna be a long one. <laughs> How many hours do you think you're gonna you're gonna? I could see you taking a couple of days off. <laughs> I I had a blast. I mean, it it's always fun to play these games because it's something that yeah, it's not an easy game. You know, it it's a simulator, but at the same time, I guess I liked it because. It, it was just a good game that you could pick up, have some fun with, and then put it right back down and move on to something else. And it's not going to wreck you. You know, you mm-hmm. just, it, you could sit there and not touch that game for six months and then go, you know what? Yeah. I just want to chill and play this um, right. and, and have some fun. And it's, it was, it was really sad for a long time that Microsoft wasn't making this anymore. It's been a long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's back and it, Hopefully it runs well with its 150 gigs of space to install. Um, there was one other thing. I know John did not put on the notes, but I did want to say that the Shadow Warriors 3 trailer looks amazing. You should go check out that trailer. And you should also watch the developer digital press conference if you like the dark humor that they go with. Because it's always fun every year. And that's out there. That's That's all I got, though. What about you, John? Why do you hate that's all like digital? That <laughs> oh, what'd they do to you? <laughs> and they have a new game out there on Games Pass if you want to check it out. Carry on. So, that's there's something for you if you're looking for something to play. Uh, John, you want to wrap this up? Just to be safe. And Shama's here. Here we go. listeners uh-huh. of your show uh-huh. are not writing you any emails we tell them the address it's weeklygameschat@gmail.com, but they didn't write in they didn't do it mm. they probably were doing our stuff it's probably fine but yeah we didn't have any emails this week so uh if you want to write them next week make sure you write us at weeklygameschat@gmail.com. at gmail.com 
And we will, of course, read your opinions and thoughts and prayers on the show. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. prayers. (laughs) Over on the Twitter world, we do got some some things I'm seeing here, some mentions. Let's see. David McClendon made sure to hit us up to know that there was a lot of PS5 talk going on yesterday because it looks like the old Amazon rolled out their uh, their main 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 page for uh, PS5. Nothing on pre-orders yet there, but it's led to some speculation. I know that the announcement for the release date and and price and all that might be coming. Hey, yeah, yeah. I don't think it comes before the Microsoft one. Still, I just can't see it. Uh, let's see. We got Justice Platt who made sure to give us a shout out saying like, Hey, if you like uh good, um, content, make sure you check out all these other people besides himself. They include folks like cucumber 91, heavy, no more one weekly game chat fighting cowboy FP slap the bass and Fabe. I'm guessing those other ones are streamers but there's something for you to check out. We appreciate the shout out Platt. He was playing some shadow warriors too last night. Check that out for a little bit. Um, let's see who else do we got on here? I'm not as good at this as Sean is. Uh, let's see. Uh, Stanton wanted to make sure he was wishing Sean a speedy recovery. Um, Raphael says, I hope his surgery goes well. Well, it went well enough that we're not going to have it for a little while, apparently. But uh, still, he also offered his thoughts and prayers. Chris H. says, keep praying for the Richard and that he'll rest up and heal. And he misses you on the cast. Sean, if you're listening. Uh, Ray Allen says he will keep Sean in his thoughts and prayers. And then Dave also wrote in and said, Awesome to hear he's making progress, and he is. Uh, we posted a little update on there on both the Discord and and uh, Twitter from uh, his wife. Uh, but he says, sucks he has to have surgery, but hey, at least he's alive and it will be okay. Kudos to his wife, Bobby Joe, for being a true champ and loving him through this. Hang in there, you two. That's right, Bobby. Hang in there. And Sean, too. Uh... Let's see. And I think that's it. Most of them are like meme stuff <laughs> from that plat email or that plat comment one. So, but I think, uh, I think that's it for this week, John, unless you got something. I don't have a thing. I'm just looking forward to two new games. I, I will leave them unmentioned coming out this weekend. It's going to oh, yeah. be, it's going to be, it's going to be really nice before we go back into the dead zone. Yeah, because it's going to be a really dead zone for August this yeah, year. Yeah, uh, even yeah. here, like I, I'm really Death hoping when this four. when this uh when this Microsoft thing happens that they do announce their dates and that's the start of the floodgate for everyone going. Okay, here's our dates for the fall <laughs> because God, I please. was I was Somebody looking at the calendar not. and it's 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 a. It's pretty light this year compared to past. Pretty light. And I don't have a lot of faith that things like Marvel's Avengers will not be delayed. You know, I could easily see that happening and it wouldn't shock me. Um, so, I don't know. 
we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully we get some more news soon on all that news. good stuff. News. Ah, <laughs> uh, this has been Winkly Games Chat. If you like the show, subscribe to us on iTunes, wherever podcast service you use, and you'll get a new episode just like this one every Wednesday for your listening pleasure. If you are there and you really like us, make sure you give us a rating or even drop a review if it floats your boat because that helps people find the show. After that, if you want to join in the discussion, make sure you go to our Discord weekly games chat and join in all the wonderful conversations. I think I posted one of Thanos this week, taking the batteries out of his controller and putting or his TV remote and putting him into his Xbox controller and saying a soul for a soul. I thought that was funny. Um, but there are other conversations. I think there's still people now that they're getting close to being the last of us too. Uh, they're talking a lot about that game. Uh, and then if you want to hit us up on the social medias, technically we're on Facebook that that's kind of a dead zone. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> uh, but you can of course follow us on Twitter just by searching weekly games chat. And then if you of course want to write of the long form, of your thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Make sure you make sure you write us weekly games chat at gmail.com and we will make sure we get your thoughts and prayers on the air until next time. I will simply say to John game on game on Chris game on Sean. Hope you're feeling better soon. Yes. Game on Sean. I hope you uh, are able to get this one part taken care of sooner than Whoa. later jeez yeah right it's just not fun not fun 20, 2020 man 20 freaking 20 yeah man this is a year i'm if i ever see this number again after this year i'm just gonna shudder i think yeah just burn all my calendars <laughs> uh remember when we were griping about all the celebrities dying back when right and what a horrible year that was <laughs> give me that Ugh. Your mom's boss! The Thug Life. If someone was here, he said peace out, everybody. Peace out.